podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAPE preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to inquire. G'day, I'm James. Welcome to the Daniel Ricciardo podcast because this is the Australian opinion on Formula One. Two Australians in Formula One. It's about to get in your ears. We are going to preview the Hungarian Grand Prix, but more importantly, we welcome back to the sport our Lord and Saviour, Daniel Ricciardo. And I'm joined by my friend and yours. <laughs> he has returned. He hath us returned the prophet of Formula One. Thomas J. Camp. G'day, mate. How you doing? Hello. How are you? Listeners, how are you? Bloody, what a week it's been, Jim. What a week it's been. <laughs> After all those biblical analogies um, I used last week, Danny Ricky's back. <laughs> <laughs> the F1 prophet. Uh, is correct. Uh, oh, if you wow. were ever doubting that, listener, put yourself immediately in the bin because it has happened. Uh, now, I am at the Goodwood Festival of Speed uh, on the Sunday and it has been an incredible couple of days. If you're interested in seeing what I've been seeing, I've been lucky enough to be a part of the McLaren crew with Emma Gilmore, who's an Extreme E driver, and Tanner Faust. And I've been hanging out with them for the last couple of days. Go across to my Instagram and check out some of the access I've been getting. It has been bloody fantastic. And I am but a child running around listening to Formula One cars from every single era, um, standing next to people like Emerson Fittipaldi, uh, looking at the MotoGP lineup for the last couple of years. It has just been absolutely mind-blowing. I am deaf, I am excited, and I am full of the fumes of petrol and other internal combustion goodness. So it has been bloody fantastic to be here. But more importantly... Everyone at TJC has been buzzing about Daniel Ricciardo coming back into the sport. So we'll get into the details, but I just want your initial reaction for when you found the news out. Uh, I woke up at about 6 a.m. on the Monday morning or whenever it was. I woke up on the 6 a.m. You were trying to get a hold of me to do an emergency podcast and my phone was blowing up and I was like, what is going on? So I literally grabbed my phone. I didn't have to be up until about 8.30, 9 o'clock that morning. Threw it on the chair on the side of my room and didn't pick it up again until 9 o'clock until I text you. So, and then I, it sort of <laughs> dawned on me when I got up. I was like, oh, geez, here we go. How good's this? So thought it might have been a bit of a joke. Wasn't too sure, but surely enough, our boy's back. And... All this stuff about Nick DeVries and 10 races, not enough time. Mate. You get your time in this sport. If you shit the bed bad enough, you're out. Red Bull is a cutthroat organisation. They want the best and Nick wasn't performing, clearly. And I'd said it every weekend for 10 weekends. So there you go. DR's back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sheer excitement and genuine joy has oh. been pretty fantastic the last couple of days and it, it has to be said uh, and we've said this the last couple of episodes you know the the interest in Formula 1 sort of dipping a little bit uh, not only for us but I know for a lot of you listeners as well but 
Um, the episode that I did of yes, I was trying to get hold of you, TJC, and I was very annoyed that you were sleeping in. <laughs> you that was the day that you chose to sleep in. So after a couple of beers, I put out an episode by myself. Why the hell not? Um, I think that's probably our most consumed episode probably in the last eighteen months. Um, really, as just me talking nonsense whilst having after a couple of pints, because it is the most exciting thing for the sport, quite honestly, that we can think of. Now let us. Be excited and then let us temper our expectation. So firstly, Campy, let me just talk you through what I know of the timeline of events that happened. So after Austria, uh, it has been it had been pretty well known that Nick de Vries had been struggling for the last couple of rounds. Before that point, Helmut Marco put a flag in the ground and basically said anything up to, or sorry, post um, that sort of Imola time or Sp- sorry, Spanish Grand Prix time, you're, if you're not improving, then you need to get out. And that has happened. So Austria was was that time. Although I think from memory he'd actually outperformed Yuki in terms of on-track action, it wasn't because of um, pace on track. It was because of penalties. So I think it's probably fair to say over the course of the 10 races that he's had, he hasn't improved enough on his teammate to be able to solidify a seat in a Red Bull Junior program. And unfortunately for him, he wasn't a Red Bull Junior driver. He was a Mercedes Junior driver. And probably he's looking back now and really wishing he took the Williams option rather than the AlphaTauri option because Mercedes connections, a lot less pressure, Williams starting to move a lot further towards the front of the grid, especially under Alex Albon. And Nick DeVries is a great driver, right? There's, there is nothing wrong with his driving style. It's just this car is a bit of a dog. And unfortunately, the Red Bull family is incredibly cutthroat. And he knew that going in, right? But it, it is yeah. all a lot of risk for the reward potentially of being in that top team. So leading into... The British Grand Prix weekend, Danny Rick gets a phone call from Helmut Marco. basically says, this is the deal. He has the British Grand Prix weekend to think about what is what the plan is and then to come back, um, I think, on the Monday or at least on the Sunday with his answer. Now, unfortunately for him, he didn't really have much of a choice here because if he said no, Liam Lawson would have taken that seat and... I think he would have been then betting on Checo sort of failing for the rest of the year and hoping that Red yeah. would put him straight into that seat. So, of course, he says yes. Liam Lawson continues in Super Formula in Japan where he's currently running second in the championship. And realistically, Campy, this is the move that he thinks will put him into the Red Bull team for 2024. And if anything is to be believed in the media, everyone else thinks that as well. Well, the, the thing is, is that these conversations, as soon as Danny Rick went back as a third driver to Red Bull, all the conversations about that we've had between friends but in the media that the media's had and just general online chats is all about, well, this is how do we get Danny Rick back into the main Red Bull seat? That That's the question and whatever that looks like. Now, I'm telling you, there is not a chance that Danny Rick took that without conversations being in place about how he gets back into a top winning team because that was his that was totally his um his goals moving forward how do i get myself back into a world championship team um unfortunately he had two years with the Renault that wasn't that great but he got some great results in it and then two shit years at McLaren with one win that came from nowhere so this whole exercise in Danny Rick going back as a third driver and then going Alpha Tauri and whatever happens from here on is all to get back in that top team. So, And there's been conversations with Helmut Marco and all of Red Bull about how he gets back in that. It's, it's just 
hands down, not even debatable. The interesting thing back, the interesting thing for me is, is I think I think Red Bull after the test, they know what he can do. They know what Danny Rick can do in a car. They know what he can do in the sim. They know what he can do on track and race performances. I think they were genuinely surprised about how quick he was when they got in that track because they used those words like we were extremely, whatever the word was, impressed with how he did. They, Danny Rick doesn't have to impress them as an organisation. The fact that he got in there and did what he did suggests to me that, oh, okay, this guy can still drive and he likes this style of car. If you look at his, if you look at his times and even his conversation that he's had since that with uh, the F1 group or whoever it was, the, the interview he did, he said, I got in that car and I was like, yeah, geez, this is quick. This is, I know how to use this car. I know how to drive it. And within four laps, I was like, yeah, this is quick, but I want to go faster and just kept on the improve and improve and improve. So I think I think Red Bull themselves, as in Christian Horner and Helmut Marco, were thoroughly impressed with his drive. And then all he had to do was take this seat. Now, the car is a piece of crap. It's probably the worst car on the grid. But you're telling me Danny Rick's not going to beat Yuki Sonoda? Give me a break, dude. Like... This this McLaren Lando thing that was an anomaly. For those out there saying that Danny Rick is not going to beat Yuki Sonoda, just just you wait. Within three races, all the headlines are going to be talking about how good Daniel Ricciardo is, regardless of where he performs on track. It's going to be compared to his teammate, and unfortunately for Oscar, our other Aussie, we and how well McLaren are doing. I don't think we're going to have, even if we do have two. Australians doing well on the grid. We'll still only be talking about Daniel Ricciardo because that's just the way we think of him. And next year he's going to be in that seat if Perez continues to be to capitulate to the pressure that he's under. So, look, look, he's had six weekends in a row, Perez, now where he's really struggling. And he's always – he's had that argument that, oh, no, publicly um, Horner and Marco have – have backed me and I'm not going anywhere. But Danny Rick moving into that seat shows that there's a clear path for these for Danny Rick to move up to the top team, whatever happens in the next six months. Now, Checo's got to get some results in order to justify his position. Yeah, made it absolutely spot on. And I think from from our point of view, from a Lakeside like Drive point of view, it's been bloody fantastic to, oh. to sort of be thinking now about what these next steps are for Daniel. What I think is really interesting too, and I'm not sure if anyone has, if you've not yet gone to the AlphaTauri, um, oh my God, there is something incredible on track that I can hear in the background. <laughs> this is the only problem about recording a Goodwood <laughs> Festival of Speed is I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on what's going up the... Oh, I don't oh, know if you can hear that. Even I can hear that. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds like about 2008. <laughs> I'm going to... What is going on? I can't even see. The television's not showing. I think that was a Pagani. Anyway, um, there's Ugh. supercars going up the hill at the moment. I'm not sure if it's Formula One cars right now, but there's just fantastic V12s, V10s going up the hill. Um, in terms of uh, what sort of content's coming out now is, okay, firstly, we feel, everyone feels sorry for Nick DeVries. I think that's fair enough. Yes, he hasn't been performing at the point. He's still a human being, but he's been replaced. He's been very quiet, of course, but he's now sort of gone back to Toto. There's already been images of him talking with Mercedes. There is the fact that he is tipped to go back to Formula E, which is fair enough, and also a bit of WEC driving for him too. So he isn't totally removed from the world of motorsport, which is a good thing. By all accounts, he's a really lovely person too. So um, certainly that's a a good thing for him personally. (laughs) All of the cars that are in the background here is just ridiculous. Um, But from a Daniel (laughs) point of view now, 
all of the content that we've seen um, out of AlphaTauri has been incredibly positive. And one of the things that he said to Lawrence Barreto in Formula One is that he is under no pressure this weekend coming into Hungary. He is going to relax into it. He's going to enjoy himself. And I think noting that he's he knows that this is a car that really needs to perform a lot you know that isn't going to perform i suppose as well as probably other cars previously um it is probably the case that he might because he's relaxed actually do a lot better than uh, he was anticipating so i think from that point of view too it could be the fact that because he's going to be so relaxed maybe he just immediately jumps yuki sonoda um, and is able to to perform to a standard that is becoming of Daniel Ricciardo, and we can finally campy put all of the rumours of him being washed to bed. Yeah, look, I don't I don't think there's any pressure on. Well, Danny Rick's got his own internal pressure, right? After the, he knows where he wants to do in this sport, knows where he wants to go. So there'll be internal pressure. As for external pressure, what's he got to lose? He put that put up with two years of that McLaren, all the BS that came with it, to get back onto F1 so quickly. I think as the season's gone on, we've actually seen him really want it and wanted to come back. Just the way he's changed, the way he's spoken. But I think he comes in. I, I, he'll make, look, Yuki's great, but the rap on Yuki Sonoda has always been. You know, he was lucky to get that second year. Even he didn't think he'd get that second year in the car. The third year, well, that's, you know, I mean, there's no way Alpha Terry was going to get rid of uh, Gasly and him and not go into the, this, his third year without any sort of um, continuity between the years. So for me, Yuki's been lucky to even hold his seat in the sport just out of circumstances. He is a good driver and he deserves to be on the grid. But Danny Rick, compared to Yuki Sonoda, give me a break. Danny Rick's going to come in first race, second race, third race, and he will get he will get results out of that car that we didn't think that he that any driver should be getting. So I don't think there's pressure, there's internal pressure. But he'll be back in Red Bull next year, ready to go. Now it's interesting. We talk about DeVries, and yes, DeVries is a good driver, and he's won championships. He's had his time. I've been critical of the talent pool coming through in F2 and F3 for the last, you know, sort of five or six years, post Leclerc, Sainz, George Russell and Lando. I, I, you know, Oscar's the only one that fits into that into that category and that calibre of drive for me. Everyone else really hasn't hit the marks. But if I'm DeVries, and the reason I wouldn't have gone with the, the Williams drive last year because it was on the table. I would have looked at that and I would have said, I can drive these cars. I've won an F2 championship. I've gone to Formula E and I've done it. I've performed in absolutely every category that I've ever driven in since I was a kid, right? I've got, I'm getting the chance to go to the biggest stage with the 20 best drivers, arguably, on the in the world. Now, if I'm looking at Williams and that progression, how do I get up to a top team? I'm looking at Williams, I'm going... Jeez, I'm going to have to perform there against Albon, who's pretty good, but I'd back myself to beat him. But realistically, until a top team in that Mercedes lineup comes open, Hamilton's not going anywhere. George is going to have at least four or five years in that team. So if I'm looking at my career trajectory under that Mercedes umbrella, it's going to be seven or eight years before I get a look in for a championship, and that's not what I want. If I'm looking at Red Bull as an organisation, I'm looking at the four drivers they had. Sorry, I'm, I'm replacing one of them coming in. My teammate is Yuki Sonoda, and there's always been question marks about him and whether he gets a drive moving forward. 
Checo Perez is under a massive amount of pressure at the moment and I'm eyeing off that Red Bull seat as a top. If I do the right thing in Toro Rosso or the Alpha Tauri, I'm a shoo-in to get that job in the top seat. So all I've got to do is rock up and perform the way I've done it and uh, the way I have my whole life and I could be in a world championship car within two or three years depending on how it all plays out. Now, if I'm if I'm if I'm in Nick's position, I'm looking at that and I'm going, yes, absolutely, I'm going for that Red Bull spot. Unfortunately for him, it just hasn't worked out the way it probably should have in his mind and the way he's done it. As for people saying they deserve one, two years in the sport, I don't think you deserve anything in this world. But we do know F1 is a sport of double chance, you know, second and third chances. Look at Red Bull with Kvyat and Red Bull. Give these drivers a hell of a lot of rope to perform when they need to. The fact that they've cut him so early says to me there's already a plan in place to get Danny Rick back in or he really isn't cutting it in where they think he should be and he's really not performing anywhere near the expectations they had. So they're the two scenarios for me. Well, we will see very shortly whether or not Daniel will get to grips with the car. Of course, he'll be on track very, very soon for some free practice sessions ahead of Hungarian Grand Prix. Of course, this is a track that he knows really well, Campy. Um, he even said to Beretto yeah. that this is a track where he finds rhythm. Um, certainly, he's had a victory here, plenty of podiums here too. It is a really interesting racetrack too. And who knows, Max, uh, Max. someone like Valtteri Bottas could skittle the rest of this, the uh, <laughs> the field away and someone like Esteban Ocon can win. Then who knows what Daniel Ricciardo could do in an AlphaTauri. Could you imagine the headline if he put it on a podium, Campy? Oh, I can imagine it. Will it happen? I'm not sure. I'm not a betting man, but geez, just the way this story <laughs> yes, you are. Just the way this story's tracked from day one till now, anything can happen, right? So I might put a hundo on him to get the win. Here we go. I'll <laughs> see what he's paying. He'll be paying five hundred. But yeah, see what he's paying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It'll be ridiculous. But this come is the circuit that you know you never know what can happen. So uh, anyway, yeah. but that's all to come. Um, of course, we we've seen also as a result of this market driver market change, um, other reports about Lando Norris has a pre-contract with Ferrari. Um, Helmut Marco has also verbally expressed interest in Lando Norris as well for after. His contract at McLaren, whenever that wraps up, um, which is a couple of years' time. I'm not sure necessarily now. I think probably at the beginning of the year, Lando would want it out of McLaren, but now that uh, at least after those two rounds um, and kind of different circuits for both of them, uh, for the McLaren to be performing as well as it has done, he'd probably be quite happy to stay where he is probably for a little bit. But look, that's all to come. Uh, Look, this is a shorter preview episode because it is Festival of Speed. I need to get back out there uh, and hang out with some McLaren people to try and get some footage. But uh, otherwise, welcome to Daniel Ricciardo. (laughs) Welcome. Yeah, that's right. Welcome back to... Formula One, welcome back to Formula One to you, listener, because it is all to play for. This is now the six-month run-up to the announcement of Daniel Ricciardo going to Red Bull full-time for 2024, and we are bloody glad to be the captains of the hype train. Yep. Campy is the prophet and conductor of the hype train for DR. Also the biggest DR dick rider in the world, so... <laughs> well, that's an unfortunate place to finish this episode, but uh, that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a rating or review. Uh, don't yeah. forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. Plenty more content coming towards you. Uh, Campy, thank you very much for your thank time. You, I will uh, chat to you after DR's exceptional, exceptional performance after the Hungarian Grand Prix next Monday. 
Have fun, man. Have fun. Meet heaps of people. Get some photos. No chins. Be good. Love it. <laughs> I've not taken a selfie since because I just uh, clearly am terrible at doing so. Love that. Love that. Sports Social Podcast Network.